Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen Podcast. Today we're covering the best show on Netflix as of this current month. And not including any other month. The Fall of the House of Usher. Episode 2, titled The Mask of Death. And Mask... The Mask of Red Death, yes. And Mask is spelled funny. <laughs> spelled with a Q-U-E instead of a K. How French. Ooh la la. I am Jumbi and I am joined by the French expert. Rip. Mm-hmm. So how'd you feel about this episode? It was sexy. Sure. This was a very sexy episode. I guess it was. It was just uh, really <laughs> icky to me. So I will tell I this is what I told Jumby. And I know because I said it, it's gonna bite me in the ass later. But according to Dante's Inferno, the first circle of hell is lust, and we are in the first circle of hell. Because this episode was all about lust do you think they're gonna go with that i mean how many no. kids are there six and six then the last circles reserved for him i mean it might work i don't know well let's try and narrow that down right so obviously this episode that you've all seen already and if you haven't you should already is about prospero and mm-hmm. his lustful endeavors that ends in his demise and Given the tone of this episode, I feel like each episode is just going to be the demise of one of the other Usher children. Slowly, um, this entire family gets with, depending on your point of view, they get with what they have coming to them. Um, so if the first circle is less, what's the second circle? Greed. Greed. Who do you think the greedy member of the family? I mean, they're all greedy, but who's the most greedy? I mean, well... There's nine circles of hell, and but there's seven deadly sins, and lust is always the first one. Hmm. Um, so I don't know if the other circles, because I'm. I did put you I'm on the not... spot. You did. Because well, I'm trying to figure something opening. out here. I mean, <laughs> if that's what they're going for, the next sibling would die, um, or succumb to whatever the next deadly sin is. A visitor's guide to the Dante's nine circles of hell. First circle is limbo, right? Sure. Which is just the introduction to everybody. Second circle is That was the first episode. Second circle is the last And I was wrong. The third circle is gluttony. Gluttony? Well, no one seems like a big glutton here. They're all a glutton for punishment. But I wouldn't <laughs> see how that one fits with anybody in particular. We'll see Maybe Freddy. Frederick? Yeah. The, the bottle maker? <laughs> I only <laughs> think him on. because when we saw them in the first episode, I think his belly was slashed open, and I feel like that relates to gluttony somehow. And he, he in the first episode, he was talking about food. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it, it was made apparent to us that Prospero was very into lust. I, I guess like he wanted to throw parties that that was his big um 
adventure, right? Like yeah. not an adventure. Um, his pitch, big pitch, and we actually see that he had a plan for it. Like it wasn't just to have a bunch of people come over to a whatever club and have orgies and drink and do insane amounts of illegal drugs. No, he at the end of the episode we learned that no the money is in the footage that we have of everybody he pointed out that no he wants to girl. bribe he wants to, he yeah. wants to have like a racket of extortion going on yes so that was the G, that was the just true plan and doing all of this and it's a really sleazy way <laughs> To go about making his own personal fortune. But I guess how good could these kids possibly be when they're raised under those conditions of being insanely rich and answering to one man? Yeah. Who, like, we... has his own issues. Hmm? Yeah. And I was going to say, like, he might. It's weird because you look at Roderick who he is now, the man's telling the story, the man who was two weeks ago. Um, he is a far cry of who he was in um, what the 80s or maybe before that, the 70s, when he first, when he was first trying to pitch everything to Fortunato. He seemed so, like a normal like family man who you could relate was, to, but it's also the, the actor they have playing him back then. That I already have pre-established <laughs> love for. But not to say that that so... can't change. I loved Prospero's actor too, but this one he grossed me out. So like it's so sad because you see that he's just a family man trying to get work his way up, trying to prove his genius. He had a loving wife with his first two kids, it seems. Um, but like. You see Madeline kind of pushing, like, no, we could be more. And his wife uh, at the time, Annabelle, was telling him, like, telling the both of them, like, you guys are fucking geniuses. You can do a lot with this. And we don't have to, like, there's no rush. We don't have to make a ton of money. We were great. How, like, we're not great how we are, but we could be, when we could be better. But, we we like we don't have to be these big business tycoons hmm. so i don't like madeline's attitude here she she's coming across like uh she's she's remind what's theo's character in this one mike flanagan's um, wife kate camille Camille, I believe. Camille, she seems very similar to Camille in attitude. Yeah. Just and this like cutthroat person. Yeah. No nonsense. Um, you love somebody in a really like embarrassing way. That's weakness. I don't like to see weakness. Mm-hmm. Her and Theo seem like kindred spirits, and I'm really worried about that. <laughs> I've also like I was so jazzed to see the Midnight Clubs actors getting some parts but then like i'm like no what is happening to that why are they being used that's why not in a bad way like i i like that they're getting work and this is this is probably going to be really good i just like i don't know i still i'm still upset about midnight club season two and i, I want to see it 
rightfully so. I'm I'm still not letting go of their characters, and I have to. <laughs> so look what they uh, did to them. <laughs> they're they're so yeah, puppets. We get we get a uh, an insight in everybody's like sexual lives. Essentially, mm-hmm. we got um we we got Prospero. He's just he's a twenty five year old dude who just into orgies and drugs, you know. Like He's, any twenty five year old. But I remember feel when like you were twenty five jumping? Um, I wasn't like that, but <laughs> I feel like they were all going through the phase that he went through at twenty five. The same self doubt, the same like I don't know, really gross um party <laughs> lifestyle. I'm surprised all of them made it out of it. <laughs> I mean, some of them show signs, like residual signs of it. Like, they have very different lifestyles. The only one I feel like didn't take that path was the doctor. And she's going to reveal something something dark about herself. Because she's way too sympathetic to be a part of this family. Something's wrong with her. Victorine. Victorine, yeah. That's the only character that seems like they're living a... I want to say normal life, but like, it's like Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, where he's a billionaire, but he's also the head doctor. It's like, why are you suffering like that when you don't have to work? (laughs) And that's what she's choosing to do. She's like suffering to help people through um, medical hardware and hard work. I don't know why she would choose to do that other than being a good person. Yeah. I don't know. What I do mean, you think her fault's gonna be? That she's the uh, informant? No. Um if I'm not gonna use the seven circles. <laughs> you don't think that uh, works? Cause she's um if I were to th- she's she's fabric she's fabricating stuff, right? I think her her wanting this product to succeed is going to cause a lot of like mischief for her. I don't know, man. Like I think she, she could she's... be pride. She won't let go of her work. Like she can that's a good one. She can uh I feel like she's gonna fudge a lot of data up. Because of know, her pride. Like just... She doesn't want to admit she's wrong. Yeah. We've already seen that's a problem. Yeah. Who could? Uh-huh. Um, I feel like the Frederick. He's gonna be wrath, especially after what might have happened to his wife in this episode. Uh, hearsay is the sixth circle. So we got okay. What we got hearsay. Mean? Um, like rumors. That's what I'm thinking. I, I used to know this at the back of my hand. Um, oh, that's new. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What the fuck? You found something. <laughs> a belief that is against the principles of a particular re- religion. Here's so that's it. Victorine. Yeah, so that's Victorine, dude. Okay. That's to be her. There's anger, and then there's violence. Well, Kate Siegel. Well, anger and violence are not the same thing. Yeah, I guess not. not. 
You'd be mad and nonviolent. Um, what do you think Kate Siegel's sin would be then? Mm. Polygamy. I don't know. That could be greed. I mean, everybody's guilty of that one. She she for... could be a good candidate for greed, though. Fraud. Everybody's a. <laughs> Is that a deadly sin? Yeah, it's the eighth circle. It's not a deadly sin, but it's a circle. Okay. And then there's treachery. Remember, there's like six kids and like nine circles. So I'm sure. Well, we also got Juno. We got Madeline. We got him to count. Yeah. Juno's but Bev, right? No. I think Juno's the the wife, the new young wife. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anya. Juno. Uh, I don't know. We could take this to like. I mean, it's fun. But the next episode could really just fuck all that up. That's true. But, but that's where my head's at now that you introduced it. Yeah. Uh, Gluttony could be Frederick. Greed. It's hard to pinpoint anybody. Let's say Kate uh, Siegel's character. But then who's anger? That could be Kate Siegel's. If, if Gluttony goes to Roderick, I mean Frederick, then anger has to be... Kate's ego. She looks like she's ready to fucking explode. Maybe the and... main guy. Maybe the top of the circle's anger or wrath. I don't know. He... Madeline and him seem way more repressed, repressed than all the kids. I mean, he could be fraud and she could be treachery. That's true. Then there's violence. Gluttony could be the could be Bev, right? And then Leo. What the hell's Leo? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. This like he's a stallion in his prime. Yet he's oh, not he's violent. No, he has to be. Yes, to be violent. There's a lot, man. I'm not ready for the next episode to see them all grieving too, or whatever their version of grieving is. At these are because Frederick has people. Hmm? So, so before we go on with that, right? For the quick, quick notes, Camille, which I believe is uh, Kate Siegel's character, yeah, she, we found out that her interns are also her like, you know, her She's sex partners. She's involved with them. <laughs> so we just and it was just so casual. She's like, I need to see you guys before dinner. After you guys, uh, I like, I need you guys to explore Victorine. Ooh, and remember. When this dude was like, like, oh my God, what'd she do to you? And she's like, he's like, excuse me? And he's like, nothing. Just, I don't know. Just, if I'm just, if my sister did something like that. And then she's like, she just gives him a hard glare. And he's like, sorry, nothing. She's not used to getting criticism from her subordinates. So she could definitely be anger. Because she looks like one of those like, um, like just ready to fucking tear you to shreds with vocally. And it's then you cool. saw her doing the the exercise video, and <laughs> like well, they were doing like the punching, and she was doing the punching too. But shit, that's like that's her sibling's husband. There's something weird there too. I feel like these are all really gross, like <laughs> rich people who want to lust after each other's spouses <laughs> just because like. It's taboo, and that's yeah. Stuff. The yeah, because Pros- Prospero starts hitting on uh, what's her name? 
Frederick's uh, wife. Yeah, Frederick's wife. Just to like, because to, to he, great success, he he did yeah. it. <laughs> and he kind of starts picking at. He's like, I know who you used to be before you married into this family. Uh, why don't you try to rekindle that? No one has to know. It's an eyes wide shut anonymous party. She she played she... the mayor's wife in in Midnight, Midnight Mass. Mass. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's, good That's who she used to be. So, um, and she went to the party as we all predicted. As it wasn't like she's like, "How dare you talk to me that way? I'm your brother's wife." And he's like, "Yeah, well, here's my burner phone." And you're going to get an invite. If you want to show up, cool. You don't have to come. And then he leaves because he knew it was going to work. And he knew. Well, he was surprised to see her. But he didn't. It's not like he didn't try it. You know, because she it, she, um, she wasn't going to go. He knew he could tempt her into going. And she was all about it. And she was like, at the party... You could tell she was waiting for him to make a move on her. Yeah, that was that was pretty gross. I'm kind of like struggling for people to attach to now. (laughs) I like Leo, and I know he's. You know, everyone's gonna die. So what a weird situation to be in as an audience. Like we're just watching people we're not really supposed to attach to now because we know they're gonna die. We know that they're kind of bad people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm running into that stage again where it's like, am I, are we supposed to attach to anyone? Is it a good story? Even if you don't attach to anyone. Cause I think it still is mm-hmm. but like, I keep struggling with that, with everything we watch with horror where it's like, I can't attach to somebody. So I have trouble connecting. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing, you know, everybody's going to die. You know, there's no sympathy for anybody. So I guess at this point, it's just curiosity, right? Yeah. Like, I want to see where it goes, but I'm feeling less and less bad for these people. The more bad things happen, which is, like, weird. The opposite would happen. We're not meant to root for them. Yeah. But they did present us with the mole. So That's a good mystery. Yeah. Who do you think it is? Oh, the mole? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who's the mole? I keep leaning towards the the detective Dupin Dupin is uh made that shit up. There is no more. Right. It's either that or it's his I don't know. I can't think of anybody. I really can't. I don't think it's any of the kids. Yeah. And I think Juno all... would be too obvious, so So I thought they were going to kill each other. This first episode this first death means that they that he died on his own i think they all do they all die on their own in what appears to be freak accidents but it's really death coming to claim the ushers because of some deal that happened when they were younger yeah and i feel like the hmm i feel i want to say madeline might have been the informant but i'm struggling to find a motive yeah because why would she do that? She seems very inactive as the older self. 
But when she's younger, she has like a bloodthirsty urge to push people forward and earn money and do all this other stuff. But she's taken a a second banana kind of position in the future. And I feel like that's a facade. Like she's more dangerous than she seems. And maybe she is the informant vying for power. Yeah. uh, Something's up with Madeline for sure in the future. I can't see somebody like her resting and she's very rested. Mm-hmm. You know, and well, she might be dead in the future. I'm just saying, like, I think she's the informant, and she might have done it for power. Well, I meant like her older self, right? Yeah. She's like, she's talking to the granddaughter. She's talking about like, oh yeah, like not her granddaughter, right? She's talking about her like, um, to Lenore about immortality, being AI, and she is like, obsessed with the mortality. That is something, uh. One thing she's looking towards is using AI to model people so that they, it's like, oh, this AI is going to I'm almost be like a clone of you to Lenore. She's like, Lenore's like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then she talks about like mummification. She got like a, a brain scraper from Egypt. What and... if she found a way to remove her mind in a different way and yeah. throw it onto a computer? Yeah. But I would kind of hate for this to become an AI story. I don't think so. There's so many AI stories coming out, and people are already tired of it. I would it would be sad to see this one become an AI story. <laughs> um, Spooky, wooky, haunted computer. Tamerlane, right? Tamerlane. That is who our favorite Bev plays. Sure. Um, yes, Bev. She's a. She, what do you call it? You know these terms better than I, for you are a deviant. She's an ex- exhibitionist. Oh. <laughs> now, we can't walk away from the fact that she's been a betrayer in every fucking uh, no, show right. that we watch. That's true. You never <laughs> trust the Beverly. Yep. She might be the informant just because of who's playing the, the character. Yes, that's two in a row. Two in a row where she was the bad guy. Do I she hear could three? be the informant. But as Jumpy was hinting at, she is somebody who likes to watch her husband involved. make love. Is that we didn't see the love part? We didn't. We only saw the love part, not the make, not the action. Just make nice. But the escort did talk about the lingerie she was wearing. So we'll see. What an easy job for her if that's all it was. Where it's just like. Oh, you're going to pay me $1,000 to have some guy <laughs> ask me about my day? Nice. Real nice. And I get Let's pretend to have the role. And it could be me, but the husband didn't seem into it. But yeah. If you're in, in, he seemed if you're... like he was doing it begrudgingly, but there wasn't really an argument, so there's no way to know. It's just going off the actor's face. I guess if you're in that family, it's hard to say no, right? Yeah, they have a real issue with that. Yeah. So I guess that covers everybody's lusts. You know, we saw Roderick. Oh, and Juno. Uh, and Juno. Lenore kind of walked in on that. Um, we heard their, was... their tale of how they met. And she, <laughs> some for some reason, just blurted the whole tale out to his granddaughter, which is like, whoa. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I created the pills that's saving your life right now. And mm-hmm. then she's like, yeah, if that's true, I'll blow you. And yeah, that's how we met. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It was a long time ago. I was younger than you. <laughs> uh, and I think it's hilarious or like, um, Roderick, I think it's not ropes. Hmm? <laughs> I think it's hilarious that Roderick was just saying, hey, um, uh, she's uh, uh, Lenore's here. And she's working on some video game that my sister is trying to create. And Gino's like, video games? I love video games. What games do you play? And Atari. <laughs> Roger's like, hey, you guys can get along. I'm going to go. Bye. Roderick, that was such a horrible scene. Not horrible. Like, it was well done. But it was so cringy. It was just like they were going to do it. They stopped. And then he immediately switched to the air of somebody who's like, Hey, you guys are, you guys could be pals. Why don't you babysit each other? And then I'm going to go over here. Like it was, it was such a juxtaposition. I was so grossed out by this whole relationship. It's just, just wrong. It's just wrong. (laughs) And she's like not wanting to be called grandma, even though that's who she is now. It's like, Hey grandpa and grandma. grandma? And she's like, no, don't, no grandma, please don't. I'll, I'll, I'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. And she did mention also that like they took her leg. Is she still? So um, from what I remember, right, because he was talking to the detective Dupin, right? Mm-hmm. And he was saying, the detective was saying that um, everybody I know that's taking your pills, once they got off, they became heroin addicts, drug addicts, some kind of addict. And because your pills are addictive. And he's like, Roderick retorts back, like, no, there, you can never prove that my stuff is addictive, especially since they help people, like, look, um, look at my wife, she takes the pills, and he's like, your wife was a heroin heroin addict before she met you, and he's like, yeah, before. Now, she's (laughs) on my drug. Which Which helped her. She was in a car, a major car accident. And they had to take off her leg, so so I'm guessing. And um, they gave her the pills to to ease the pain. And she's like, "I fucking love these pills. I don't feel anything." Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, they would be amazing for someone who lost a limb and has to walk around with a prosthetic. That generates a whole bunch of pain to the area that she just wouldn't feel. Yeah, I guess that'd be life changing. I'm really interested in her character because I need to see the character reveal episode for her. Because in both in all the other shows, there's been this big like revolutionary episode, like four or five or whatever, halfway through the show, that just switches the perspective on everything. Yeah. Do you feel like that's coming? Yeah, I yeah, feel it like, always stuns. I feel like it's coming with one of the characters. Like, one of the characters will be revealed to be something much more than meets the eye. And I think it's going to be her. Hmm. But to your uh, question, Ruth Cod, the girl who plays Juno. Um, Is she missing she had her limb in real life? Yeah, she had her right leg amputated due to complications from a foot injury she had playing football. Okay. Uh, She's from Ireland, so I'm guessing football is 
soccer. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay. Anyway. That makes sense too. I don't think there's anything going to be anything groundbreaking to make us feel for these people, mm-hmm. for the ushers, except maybe the uh, the flashbacks, because the pl- flashbacks do a good job of painting Roderick as a as an a family man, as we said before, and he definitely it definitely feels like something's going to happen where he just becomes a cutthroat because he feels like a cutthroat right now. Madeline always felt like the, the um, he's the face while she's in the working in the shadows. I think his uh, wife will die of mysterious circumstances hmm. and that will change him. But for some reason he won't know that it's Madeline, even though it's definitely Madeline. <laughs> That's a good theory. Uh, she it's seems so be... positive. Oh my god! There's he has I put six wives, right? Mm-hmm. One for each child, and well, can't be because he had two kids. This one, that's right, that's right, that's right. So he had five wives. That's what he said: six kids with five wives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't seem that's where it was going. They did not seem like there was heading for a divorce. She seemed like she was gonna stick with him through thick and thin she gives and off major see, dead wife vibes from tv yeah, I shows could see, hmm? yeah. <laughs> i could see how her death could just transform him into like a fucking stone face like fuck everything you know that episode of south park where it's just like richard hey richard i love you richard and it's like the dead wife flashback of a real life person you never seen that <laughs> forgot which one was it I forgot too, but that's that's she gives off that vibe of like the perfect positive person who is just doing everything right, and then mm-hmm. tragedy strikes, and you have really heartbreaking flashbacks. Yeah. <sighs> so Prospero, Prospero, that guy, he threw a rager. He found a plant that is allegedly not owned by. Fortunato or the ushers but it is and he used that opportunity he walked into a meeting he wasn't that he was just supposed to shadow he was was flabbergasted about the amount of information he found talked and everything he said they're like are you alleging that's true and the Mark Hamill was just like no he doesn't I'm so happy he's here (laughs) What a and weird he, part for him, though, the grudging, angry lawyer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't peg him as that. He's doing a great job. He's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So Roderick, not Roderick, Frederick slams him up against a wall when he's like, "Okay, let me talk to you outside for a quick sec." What the fuck are you doing? And he just lays into him. He's like, like pretty much like the only mistake right now is that this family is supposed to be cut into five pieces and now we got to cut it into six. There's a yeah. big age difference between the two of them. And he pretty much admits it like 25 years ago. Um, dad was on a cruise ship and banged somebody and now you're here. A blackjack dealer is what he said. Yeah. I feel like that statement is what made him come to the house 
to do what he ultimately did. Of course. Get, He's always get felt the like wife, the punching yeah. bag. As he was telling Napoleon that um that he feels like the family's punching bag. There's a lot of bastards in the family, but he feels like the bastard's bastard. And Napoleon did a good job of like you could tell like those are the two that can that bond and connect to each other. The so. the kids from earlier, it's Frederick and Bev, right? But, yeah, Frederick, Bev, Camille, Roderick. <laughs> we should really learn their names because, like, if you haven't seen every single Mike Flanagan, it's gonna get really confusing. Yeah. So, uh, so F- Frederick. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm gonna call her Tam. Tam. <laughs> Tam. Tam. Uh, Tamerlane. Yeah, Tam Tam. Frederick, Tamerlane, Camille. Um, Who's Kate Siegel? Camille. Okay. Napoleon Leo Usher, or Napoleon or Leo. Then Victorine. Then Victorine. All right, and then Prospero. Okay, we get we Prospero. get who everybody is now. It's not in that order, but... It's not? For I, sure, I could have swore it was that order. For sure, for sure, um, Frederick... No, is the oldest of all of them. And then uh, the next one... Well, he's got to be. He's used to playing the know. dad character. Yeah, so that's it. We don't really have an, a, a true order. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and you could tell Leo and uh, Prospero were really good. Like, they actually get along. And he even supplies the drugs for his party. He even fucking motivates him. He was like, yo, you're... One of these days, you're going to turn this whole thing upside down. You're going to fucking like, yeah, you're you're bigger than a DJ. You're bigger than a, a dealer. You're bigger than all this shit. You're going to figure it out. You're a fucking genius. And you could tell that like the path he chose was extortion. But, <laughs> you know, he had a plan. He had this out party. too because Lady Death, who showed up at the party. Hmm. He had a conversation with her and she's like, it's not too late. You're better than this. Yeah. You could fix this. And he just stuck to his guns. Yep. Because why would just a random chick try to change his mind? I'm not trying to. Uh, why would a random chick change his mind? You know? But it but she's, was. She's death. I don't know <laughs> where we're going to. Like, are we, are we going to spend every episode seeing death slowly take everyone? Yeah. She's going to talk to everybody and try to get them not to do the thing that ultimately leads to their death. She did try and help here because she tried to help Frederick's wife leave. Mm -hmm. And we don't actually see if she did it or not. It didn't seem like she did, but Mm -hmm. maybe she did because they they did. They I feel like they would have shown us right away. If she did die, do you think she's dead? Uh. She was walking towards him. You know what I mean? The, so, yeah, it felt like she stayed. The only reason I could see them not showing it is so that it could be a big reveal in this next one. Now, this is going to cause this part. So, they connected the water tower tank in this abandoned facility to the sprinklers so that they could have a shower in this party. And they didn't check if there was water in there. Uh, You're right. And, Stupid. <laughs> and what they did was burn everybody. So everybody, it's a lot of who's who of money and power in that party. Like kids, 
of the richest of like people in power, they're gonna go after Usher, the Roderick, the Ushers, all of them. Well, they don't legally party. own that place, do they? Well, allegedly. Yeah, like they might not have an actual way to get them. The only thing they have is that it's, um, it was his party. But he's dead. Can you charge him with that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. They will. It's. If I've learned anything watching these shows, rich people will try to sue and get as much money as they can out of other rich people in these type of situations. We'll when see. Mike Flanagan goes to Netflix, I mean, sorry, when he leaves Netflix and goes to Amazon, I want to see Prospero's character, Prospero's actor survive to the end. <laughs> Tired of seeing him die. Feel bad. I like him. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so he got the sprinklers burn everybody to death. Great scene. Yeah. Played Nine Inch Nails, a remix of Closer. Very mm-hmm. good song. Uh. You're right. The lady that was from the bar showed up in a red dress, seducing Prospero, but he, <laughs> same age, and even trying to tell him like. He doesn't have to do what he's going to do. I know you're a bad boy. I love bad boys, but you don't have to do this. You can let it all just walk away. She's the angel of death who will do her job, but she's not necessarily evil, is she? she, I feel like she knows what she's doing. You can't convince any of the ushers to not do what they're going to do. It's almost like she has to say these things, but she really wants to witness their death. I feel like she's resigned to do her job and witness all the death, mm-hmm. but she's not at fault. Yeah. I feel like it's everybody else who's at fault, and she just keeps giving advice on deaf ears. Yeah, and that's probably what's going to happen. I mean, we'll see. She, Her attitude might completely change next episode. She starts giggling and like holding souls in jars, maybe. But so we both agree this is death. I know last episode we thought it was the devil. It makes a lot of sense because, like, I thought time shenanigans were going on because I saw her going through the ages. But now mm-hmm. that I know that she's death, I mean, it just makes sense that she's not going to age as all the different scenes go by. Yeah. So you don't think she's the devil? No, I think she's literally je- death, like the angel of death. So you think- or well, maybe she is devil. She must have made some kind of deal with the ushers. She had to. Like, I still think a deal happened. Yeah, she had to have made a deal. So, so yeah, Prospero's dead. We don't see if Roderick's wife is dead, who went to the party. But I'm sure we'll figure be. it out next time. But I think she either made it out or she made a deal. Not a deal, sorry. She either made it out or it's going to be a big reveal that fuels Roderick's death. Yeah. It's like a it's like a consequence because that's what this episode was about, choices and consequences. I feel mm-hmm. like Prospero's choice to go through with this is just like the domino effect that leads to everyone's death. The mm-hmm. Prospero attracted the wife to the to the club, the wife died, and that fuels Frederick to go on some other rampage. That leads to his death. That leads to the other siblings. That it just comes 
full circle yeah. at the end. It could, like, because of this, could end up being a scandal where people in power, oh, my daughter was at the party and she's dead now. I'm going to fucking look into this. Mm-hmm. You know? Something like that. You know, go after the ushers even harder. So, I mean, you you probably do. This could be just like, you do have a point. This could be the domino effect. Yeah. That starts everything. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah. But then, uh, what's his name? The patriarch guy, Roderick. He says something interesting where he's like, this story really begins... Uh, because of Gris, Griswold or whatever, that sleazy businessman he tried to sell the pill to at Fortunato. His involvement in the company started this. So what deal could he make to obtain that company? Because he ends up owning it. What deal could he have made with the devil to to do this? That's a hard one. And when did he do it? And that's assuming that he's still alive when they talk to the devil. Rod, Roger? No, the the dude. What because dude? remember, they were running away. Yeah, they were they running went, away from something. And they ran into the bar. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if any cops come, you know, stick to your story. And I f- and the the bartender was like, don't worry, no nobody's coming. Just drink, you're good. Uh, can't wait to they, see the entirety of that scene. They might have killed them. Who, uh, our our boy was investigating back in the seventies. Somebody's been digging up, uh, bodies because he's the district attorney. <laughs> and um, someone's been digging up bodies that has that it's related to a case, and it's hinted at that it's this guy from Fortunato. Mm. So. So yeah. In that scene, and that was the same guy? What? The guy at the gravesite was the same guy who's doing the interview? Did. Yeah. So he was a reporter then. He I wasn't know. a cop. He was impersonating a cop. He was getting in trouble in that scene. Well, Roger said that was that was his old job. And you think his new job was cop? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think his new job was lawyer, <laughs> and then district attorney. So, Roderick also said something that um, he talks about. Uh, well, not partial dementia. Something like it's no, it's like, it's dementia. It's vascular dementia. Vascular dementia. There's something what? wrong with like the oxygen going to his brain because of how his veins and stuff work. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tool that Victorine's working on is actually a tool to save his life and fix yeah. his problem because he's seeing hallucinations and he thinks it's because of the vascular dementia. Yep. Yep. But it might not be. Maybe it's something else, but that's what his mom died of, I think. So maybe it's true. Probably a bit of both. And he sees... Prospero standing behind the detective Mm -hmm. and he walks up to him. We get a scare of his burnt body staring Roderick in the face. That was very bold of Prospero (laughs) because Roderick could have been like, I told you a stupid ass idea. What are you looking at me for? I told you not to do it, dummy. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's why he wasn't faced. He's like, yeah, nice try. Mm-hmm. Don't blame me for that. Shit. I didn't do Even that. Then. So now, uh, this dude was just like, you You keep saying you're the cause of the death, but we all know like, it's ruled an accident. So what caused all of this? So we're going to see. We're going to see what deal this person, ma- uh, Roderick, made to this person, whether it's death, whether it's the devil or some other entity, but it's definitely an entity. It's, I don't believe she's human. At all. I, yeah, she's definitely the devil in disguise. Yeah, so. She has a shop called Needful Things. Uh-huh. The devil goes into a small town. And where's Prada? So, any, uh, any other points here? No. I'm excited to see who the informant is. I feel like it's Madeline for some reason. And <laughs> I want to see what the big twist is going to be. Could be Lenore. She's like the most innocent person there. She is uh, the best player in the family. Like everyone seems to like her, which means she's. They they want you to believe it's because she's like a kid, but I feel like it's just because she's the best at playing the game. She makes everyone a friend. Yeah. So then, uh, who do you think is next? Frederick. I feel I like Frederick. um, the death of his wife is going to trigger his death next, and then that'll yeah. trigger something else. I agree with that. Cool. Well, without all that being said, any last words, Jumby? Don't do acid. Don't do acid indeed. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we conclude another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen Podcast. If you like what you heard, please give us a like, subscribe, follow anything to show us that you care about us. Because we uh, care about you too. Here. And I'll never forget the golden rule. <laughs>